0: Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody.
1: Dave has got the questions up. Have I've got, got the, the questions, yeah. We're going to put Rosie under a lot of pressure today because <laughs> she's on the phones. She
0: is on the phones today, isn't she? Um, yeah, it's not Lauren today, it's Rosie. So, yeah, we've got... Um, Am I, like, upset? Another Yeti? Um, yeah, come in, mate. Come in, do like Come in a bit. It's all good. Yeah, we, we're, I think we're on the right side um, this week because um, uh, it, apparently it was mirrored last time. So, yeah, we, we had a couple of messages saying, can you change sides? Yeah. So, we did. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, if you just joined us, yeah, do let us know if you... Uh, you know if you joined us uh, give us a little, <clears> little <throat> thumbs up give us a hello um hello. good to see who's coming on let's have a look Dave who we got um
1: hang on <laughs> um yes yeah, Dave uh, Jane Jane Moody uh, Gary Martin Jimbo Blue Johnny Flynn
0: Brilliant. Yeah. great to see you guys andrew um, Kelly. Kelly. we've got diane as well we've got gary jerome.
1: oh welcome jerome your first tune in nice to see jerome. <laughs> We haven't, uh he's on
0: time today yeah. he's uh, he was late last week wasn't
1: has it? jerome been on every tune in jerome? um
0: i don't know actually it's a good point actually jerome i think he's been away a couple of times but has he, he? he wasn't far slacker. off slacker <laughs> <laughs> like i'm here everyone you are actually I- Although we have we did miss one just for Christmas, didn't we? Yeah, no, come but on, I need a break you know, so. <laughs> And what's Mark e. V doing today? Multitasking. So we've got Tuesday student and Olympic curling. You know what? I quite enjoy the curling. Oh, I I, it's so I, random.
1: Winter Olympics I prefer the regular Olympics.
0: Do you? Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit mixed. I, I think it's because, you know, love for the snow and the ice and yeah and the cold. I think I, I really like the the Winter Olympics. I think more there's more crashes and more things go wrong in the Winter Olympics, yeah. which always makes it more. Also, it's scary. Right? Like, you know
1: that one they call it, the skeleton, skeleton. Uh, skeleton,
0: skeleton. skeleton yeah, yeah, when yeah, they yeah. go down, basically yeah. on like a
1: on a metal, uh, like dinner tray, basically. It is
0: like a glorified dinner tray. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just we're we're trying out some. Um, we got some new, not new tech, but we got a new microphone today. Just let us know if we're coming through loud and clear or a little bit quiet. Uh, obviously, we're, we're in the same room this time, so we're using some different tech. Yeah. um So let's know if we're kind of loud and clear. That would be really appreciated, guys. um And yeah, we are live, Mona. We are live. But yeah, it would be great to just uh let us know how we're doing. Like a one to five, five being the best audio ever, one being absolutely rubbish. Where are we at on that? On that? On that stage? Here we go. We got Debbie loud and clear. Yeah. Great stuff, Jerome. All good. Great. Okay, let's crack on. We got. Um, yeah, we got a lot to cover today, um, but essentially, when we were thinking, Dave, would not we about like what what we're going to talk about today? We, we we had a few different things, but recently we've had some questions around, you know, with groups and things like that, mm-hmm. and about you know what happens if um, you know potentially we're a bit slow or uh, you know I, I I kind of your questions around holding people up, and we thought, well, let's talk about pace and speed, um, you know, because it, there's
1: we get a lot of questions around that, don't we? We don't recommend taking speed. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, you are absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, just noticing, everyone saying five by five is the same better than usual as well. Because we might stick to this new setup. Because I prefer it. Because I want to have headphones in. It is better. So yeah, let me I know think... if it, let me know if it's much better um, than usual, much. Um, we don't say those words. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Actually, the mic we use is actually called a Yeti as well. so yeah. we're, on, we're on brand with that. So. Yeah, but no, you are right. So yeah, we yeah. we are on the cusp of pretty much the biggest uh, uh, season we've ever had in the yeah. Himalaya. It's absolutely massive. Massive. Um, and one of the things that's starting to come back is a lot of things that we answered a lot before COVID, but not much after, which is yeah. people's concerns around. Um, the speed of the trek and the speed of which they take place some people say they're fit enough and they believe they can do the trip but yeah. they no one wants to feel awkward and 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 you know be the standout person in the group for the wrong reason so they always have this paranoia and this worry about what if I slow the group down what if yeah. I'm at the back will i be left on my own um am I gonna be the one that everyone's kind of waiting for um yeah. and we want to kind of just tackle that head on and yeah. Hopefully, relieve some of those concerns because actually going slow is uh, can be a big benefit. Well,
0: yeah, exactly. We, you know, years ago when we were, um, you know, little yetis, um, you know, speak when we were. That was some years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, maybe less knowledgeable yetis. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and we're kind of, you know, walking on that. Is we walk quite fast. Uh, it, it was soon apparent that, um, yeah, going fast was actually more detrimental to to yourself or altitude. And you know, all our all our trips. You know except some of the training trips are altitude yeah. um and we were like okay this is this is something that we need to, to sort out and you know leaning on the experience the guides um you know and, and majority of them were like, like you need to go slower you know if you go too fast you know cause you issues and then over the last sort of five six years of all the people we've taken on trips you know there's definitely a correlation between um how fast you go yeah and how well you do. Well, you know that generally, the faster people, the first couple of days tend to struggle when they get above five thousand meters. Yeah, we've seen it. um You know, we've we've had uh, some friends of ours. You know, who, who are who are just you know fit and strong, strong people, and they're naturally fast uh, walkers. You know, maybe they're, they're, they're into their fitness already. um We've also had uh, triathletes who come on trips, and they're you know they just they got that competitive kind of gene. You know, they they really want to go for it, but then a day or two in we kind of pull them aside and say look you know let's let's, let's hang on the back today let's chill out let's enjoy yeah. it it's not a race um because if you go and keep going at that pace you're gonna get sick yeah um you know and then luckily then when they've got you know this never caused any serious issues but um you know we've certainly had people who have gone too fast and then okay right we you know it's a question then of do you continue because you know you've obviously got symptoms yeah of altitude sickness so yeah we wanted to um kind of discuss that today around speed uh, because some of the questions we've had like I think one of the big ones was you know what happens if I'm too slow you know um because it, it it's a common thing isn't it I I don't know you know all of you on here today um let us know if you've had any stories around maybe holding people up or you know maybe in the UK doing some training it's it's a bit slower than normal you yeah. know like how does that how does it feel for you guys and some of you have been to Everest or Killy or Machu Picchu or on other trips already maybe even to um you know what did it feel like from a pace point of view you know um it's actually funny Stu's on this one Stuart, we, we trekked with Stuart, uh stewart ulwood in um uh april 2019 yeah stew great to great to see you on the live mate yeah. i hope all is well um and i think stew could probably it would actually be i'd like to get stew on the live because stew is actually a very quick walker isn't he
1: very quick i mean um, I, I, we did strong. um yeah and i think suffered with altitude a little bit to particularly at like after base camp, a lot of people when yeah. they start struggling with base camp realize they, they've got to kind of empty the tank to get there. Yeah, and ordinarily, really strong like Susan, <clears throat> much fitter, much stronger guy than I am. Um, we went to Ben Nevis together and had a pretty epic day doing the CMD, and he was awesome, he was you know totally fine and far better condition than I was at the end. But one of the things that I think he struggled with and I'm, Stu, I'm speaking for you, so do correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know how to just comment, shout, email, um, is too, too quick at the beginning of the trip. Hmm. And I've seen it a lot of people. Another guy I'll call out by name is um, the great bald yeti, John. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, many of you have been on the training weekends, have actually met John. Um, yeah, he's, he's, gone. he's been to Basecamp with me twice, and the second time he went, he deliberately went a lot, lot, lot slower because yeah. the first time he was like Stu, quick up the mountain, yeah. fit, They've got the fitness, they've got the power so they can go quick Uh, and a lot of people can. That's the challenge. You see, it's not it's not difficult to go slow when you're at high altitude. That's natural. The challenge is going slow at the lower altitude. Yeah, when you
0: can go fast.
1: Yeah. And and stopping that and controlling that, you know, mindset of, you know, I naturally walk fast. I like being at the front. It's a nice thing to do. Um, And John, he had a big headache and I think a Namshi and a day after because he sort of ran up the hill basically. Second time he went, he hung at the back. And I always say to people as well, like Stu, he's ex-forces, John, um, you know, I think he was in uh, Army Cadets, (laughs) you know, not quite the same, but at the same- The Lauren! Oh yeah, we're having deliveries here. Oh, thanks, mate. I feel like coffee. Um, (laughs) Cheers. Yeah, I lost my point there. What was I saying then? Sorry.
0: (laughs) The coffee Um, had to come, Dave. Right? (laughs) Anyway,
1: going slow isn't an issue. Um, Going too fast is. Um, And the groups, although they move a bit like a caterpillar, you know, they naturally stretch out because we're not all walking like in a line. They all come back together at lunch. They all come back together at the end of the day. No one's left behind. No one's left walking on their own. They always have a guide nearby for support and almost certainly some other members. Yeah, and I think. If you are really fit and strong and you know that you can push on and you know you can be first well you're not going there to compete but one of the things you can do is use that strength to help the group so hang at the back support some of the people that are struggling you know you'd be surprised just some conversation sometimes just helps takes your mind off the fact that your legs are burning um and you know i've seen it on trips where people have carried a bag for 10 minutes an hour just to give someone a little bit of respite yeah. of a real steep. <clears throat> um and that's what we like to do isn't it like foster the team spirit well i think yeah our altitude i mean i know we're we're talking about
0: speed here but i think one of the other big things is is your team is is the people that kind of you know we're all responsible for ourselves but you know when you're on a trip and you're you're there as a group which is one of the reasons why we tend to have smaller groups is to keep that kind of team camaraderie you know so it's although the the guide is there to help you and and the assistant guides and, and some of the porters as well Obviously, the porters carry your gear, but as you get higher up, they're actually there to support you as well. Um, and this is on on all of our trips. Yeah. Um. You know, having someone next to you that can, you know, they might be quicker, they might be fitter, they might be stronger, but yeah, if they can, you know, give you, you know, even even a kind of supportive pat on the back. Um. I think it was, um. I think you were on a trip maybe in October, 2019 potentially, and there was um. It was a guy who uh, I forgot his name now quite a big guy, really struggled. Oh, Adrian. Adrian, and you said that like, he battled the whole way, but he said the thing, that what was it, the thing that actually picked him up was the pat on the back. Yeah. That that encouragement,
1: right? Do you know what? I would love to get like, someone like Adrian back off. Yeah. Because Adrian is, um, he's a friend of my dad's, and my dad said, you know, he's he's Adrian's a top guy, and he would, he literally got to base camp. On the base camp day, it was almost like five steps. Really? over the poles catch breath five yeah, steps lean yeah. over the poles and he literally said that at one point one of the guides um just walked past and literally just went you're doing good mate yeah and he didn't answer he didn't say anything but he said it was he said it almost brought a tear to his eye because it was just like yeah recognition and it gives you energy and one thing i will say is actually i'll um, I'm going to use Stu as an example again, yeah, yeah. on that trip on Ben Nevis, because I know Emily's, I've seen a comment from her about Ben Nevis, Ben Nevis is a beast
0: yeah. Um, and there's no right.
1: harm in going slow at Ben Nevis, um, particularly because of the ground isn't even, you can injure yourself and it's a long way down, yeah. um, as I think uh, some other avatrackers found out. But yeah. we went at the CMD, which is a ridge walk, and we went with um, another friend of ours um, who wasn't unfit, but I think just is quite short in stature, little legs. <laughs> going over those big rocks on the ridge was, like, really difficult. Yeah. And Stu actually hung back with her. He could have finished, like, two hours ahead of everyone, yeah. everybody. But he hung back with her and basically just guided her around. And I think that shows the benefit if you are strong and you are helpful. And this person, who's not on the live, so I won't call her out, did say, yeah, yeah, you know, that really helped. The yeah, factor. that made the difference. It really made yeah. the difference. Because and a lot of the time i think he was just walking just slightly <coughs> ahead or behind her but just having someone there well it's nice isn't it to have to know you got you know someone's got your back um you know and yeah when you
0: are you know probably of the you know you're not the fastest i mean yeah I mean, I'm, I'm not the fastest in the mountains. i can be you know if if there's something happening or you've got to get somewhere for safety perspective you know you can get a move on but i like uh, my, my pace is is base camp pace um you know which is slow and steady you know you, i i i Big into my photography, so I'm always stopping and taking photos. Um, and you know, especially for any of our buddy photographers out there, some people who I know we got a lot of ever trackers that are really into their photography and uh, or videography. And you know, spend the time, take your time, stop for five, ten minutes. There's no no worries about that. You know, we got enough enough people there to, to support you if you want to sort of hang back. And yeah, when you get higher, you'll have a better time. You yeah. really, really will. Um, but yeah, you, you made a good point there, Dave. Like right? you know, it is it is important from a group perspective um you know if someone is slower than you um obviously you know and I, I know we, we we don't get many knobs in our community if any you know we, we we're rare we' get any any sort of people that don't care for other people you know so I don't want to sound like i'm just teach you to suck eggs but essentially yeah you know do do care for the people who are with you um you know and, and sometimes hang back with them um you know okay if you reach like for instance I use namche um you know day two of the trek inside of the base camp trip on Everest. Um, you know, day two is a long one. You know, you'd be trekking for sort of seven, eight hours. The last sort of three hours of that is all uphill, Namche Hill. And in the past, I've seen people go ahead and they probably got to the, um, you know, the, the tea house there probably an hour and a half before us. Um, and then, they okay, it's nice, you can sit there, you can have a cup of coffee, chill, you know, that's great. But then the rest of us who had taken our time, um, you know and slow and steady you know we we did feel better from an altitude perspective yeah Um, okay you know we 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 were walking longer but you know what it's fine you know you're you're on an adventure um you know don't rush it you know these trips they go by so fast when you're having so much fun why rush each day and get there when when you just drink it in, take it in stop and chat to the locals you know um it really does benefit you and obviously you know i know we're talking about all these kind of things about enjoying it and Taking photos, etc. The point is, if you go into every space camp, you want to get to every space camp, right? The important thing is, so go slow. It will help you at altitude. Yeah. Um, and I know there's a lot of people on here, <clears throat> a lot of our um, people who join the Tuesday tune in to be on here. While they probably heard this message a hundred times, but we want to keep saying it because, like Dave said earlier, it's our biggest season we've ever run coming up. Absolutely, so excited. Uh, we like honestly, it's amazing. Yeah. We're very proud of it. Um, you know, but even if you know just that just that gentle reminder just go slow enjoy yourself obviously keep hydrated um but around pace it's super key and, and your guy will control that they will say like you're yeah. going too fast or um you know i think maybe hang on the back today you know they'll know how to manage it but also if you can control that yourself and do something about it yourself and notice okay yeah maybe i've got a headache maybe i'll take it easy tomorrow i'll make sure i'm uh, kind of name them by four liters of water a day. Yeah. And tomorrow we're gonna to hang at the back and just chill and enjoy it and yeah, see what happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. and one of the things, uh, <coughs> one of the examples that I often give as well is yeah. that it takes eight days to get to Everest Base Camp. If you arrive ahead of the group an hour every day, which isn't that much, you know, yeah, yeah. it can easily be done. Um that's eight hours less you've had to acclimatize to the altitude you've reached. And I always say to anyone if you think eight hours doesn't make a big difference. Yeah try going out for a long day's trekking with no sleep. <clears throat> you know, it yeah, does make yeah. a, it makes a big impact. And also the difference is is almost imperceptible. You might get away, well, you will get away with it on day one, mm-hmm. you'll get away with it on day two. Then day three, you might be like, oh, I feel a bit tired today. Yeah, yeah, just maybe the altitude. And then, you yeah. know, day four, day five, day six. And then all of a sudden you just you just run out of energy because the you haven't acclimatized properly. You've reached the altitude too quick. It doesn't mean game over, but it does mean less fun is to be had and it's more of a struggle than it would have been. Mm. Um, and you know, if you want to see strong, you want to see those people that you know do some training, get a good level of fitness, and then go slow at the beginning. When they get to base when they get to base camp and calapata, they're they're generally really, you know, powerful dudes. There. Exactly. Strong. Uh, cause altitude is challenging anytime,
0: you know. And if you can help that, even you know, five, ten percent. Just by taking it easy and taking it slow, then, then you know, you'll have a, you'll have a better time. Yeah. Um, I know I'm just, just pulling in some comments, Dave. Some uh, some people asking about your hair. What happened?
1: Uh, yeah, lost, lost, a fight, <laughs> lost, a, lost a fight with a hair strimmer, <clears throat> you know. Suits you, mate. Suits you. Yeah, no. Well, I, I used to have this kind of style before, like really short and kind of longer on top, but it got a bit too, it was left too long on top. So yeah. um, on Saturday, I kind of like bunched it up and cut it with scissors. And I think I got away with it. Mate, it looks cool. Um, I mean, once the sides go back, it'll be a bit. It'll be a bit. It'll be a bit, be a bit, be a bit, be a bit nicer. I don't
0: know. Yetis rarely have haircuts, mate. So uh, yeah, no. Well, I have. You know, I, I,
1: I generally have about two a year. You know, maybe yeah. three if my mate's getting married. I am going to have to get like a haircut for that so so my last haircut was when did you get married november uh yes yeah so that was my last haircut. that's right. a check then yeah <laughs> that's a thing but um <clears throat> what do you think should we dive into some some cues are we ready yeah there's quite a lot of questions on pace as well so we can kind of carry on the theme well definitely there's a lot
0: and it's great and any questions guys about anything i know we're talking about speed and pace and things like that and about, you know group dynamics um throw them our way we'd love to answer any questions that's what we're here for yeah um and actually the first one I know is, is is typical it's about something else but this is from Mark um and this was sent through earlier on email <clears throat> I know today is about speed but hand in hand and dealing with uh, goes hand in hand with dealing with altitude sickness do you recommend taking Diamox before or during our upcoming trip so yeah Mark I mean historically I mean my my mindset has changed on this um you know just from experience and, and having seen Diamox work as it has and completely like a game changer, you know, on, on tracks. I mean, you know, we we've seen it ourselves
1: and mm-hmm. I've used it on Killy.
0: Yeah, and you know, and it although you you probably you could have kept going and you would have been right You could took have. it just because it is kind of it helped,
1: right? Yeah, because yeah. The, and Andy's dead right. There, there was an issue like we've changed our perspective. When we first met and started trekking, we thought about diamox like everybody does. Yeah. But there wasn't a great deal of information and lots of different views. So <coughs> our experiences <laughs> Our experience has informed our opinion now, yeah. and that is that why not? It's a very, very helpful, very, very safe thing to take. Yeah. Personally, um, I take maybe one or two pills before you go in the UK just to check your reaction, yeah. so you don't yeah, have anything sure. really uncomfortable. It's highly unlikely. The yeah. most side effects I ever had from it was like a tingling kind of here and in my hands and toes. Yeah. Um, and on Kilimanjaro, I remember saying to Andy, um, as we were going up to Lava Tower. Yeah. I used to, Tough day, I'm not normally like, normally I've got enough in the, in the tank to kind of mid pack, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but I, I was really like hanging on to the back again. Wasn't stressing out that I was on the back, but I know that's not normal for me. Yeah. So I said to Andy, <coughs> I'm not firing on all cylinders today. I really, I don't know what's up for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and when I got to Lava Tower, I noticed I was a bit dizzy. Um, and I just, uh, well, as we got back down then to the next camp, which I think is Barranco. Baranco camp, yeah. I thought Beautiful um, camp. I felt a lot better, but I thought, do you know what? That's like the first little sort of warning sign that I might not be acclimatized as, as well as I would have hoped. So I took Diamox half a pill in the evening, half a pill in the morning yeah. for the rest of the trip until I got down. And those symptoms and that feeling never mm. came back, and I've <laughs> got to attribute it to the Diamox. And who knows? I may have carried on and been fine. Yeah. Sometimes altitude does that—you feel a bit rough, and then you feel better, and you don't feel rough again. But I really wanted to reach the summit of Kilimanjaro, and I yeah. and I, I remember talking to you in the tent, yeah. and you were saying, "Well, Dave, you know, if your knee was really hurting, mm. would you think twice about taking an ibuprofen?" Exactly. If you had a headache, would you think twice about taking some paracetamol? They didn't want to risk not getting the summit, right? Exactly. That, was, that yeah. was the biggie, wasn't it? And you know, it, it's my first time on Kilimanjaro. Yeah. It was my first time heading to the summit and I wasn't gonna take any chances and any marginal gains that I could get to help me up there, that's fine. Yeah. Um, none of us are going up there Alpine style. You know, yeah. we've got Porter support. So you're not gonna get drug tested up there. You know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So my advice would be to answer your question more specifically, uh, try it before you go just to yeah. check. And then when you're out there, I generally proceed with it, but not. I don't start on it. Yeah. Um, and then if I start to feel like I'm a bit unwell, I'll talk to my guide um, and between us, then I'll decide whether I should take time marks. The other way, which is the way my father took it uh, on the second trip was he started as soon as he got to Lukla. So he did half a pill yeah. at Lukla in, when he arrived, then half a pill in the evening and he carried on taking them until he got down. Both ways are perfectly fine and acceptable. Yeah. It's about your comfort level. Um, either way, our guides will have it anyway. So even if you don't have your own, our guides will have it in their back
0: yeah and it's it is because we're talking about two different ways there you know do you start at the beginning of your trek or do you take it as a reactive thing you know when you start to get symptoms and you know historically i'd say 90 percent of people tend to take it reactively you know when they're getting symptoms um you know and from experience you know probably god probably out a 100 ever trekkers now have actually used diamox you know maybe you know god, reactively maybe more yeah, than that maybe um you know who have who have used it and from our experience, that's definitely the best way to do it. I think, you know, like personally and and our recommendation, I mean, we always, especially because this is is a drug at the end of the day, you know, have a chat with your GP or a a travel like no man health clinics, for example, Um, and they'll be able to advise, (coughs) um, you know, give you advice from the professional standpoint, but from an experience point of view, I always say, um,
1: and we always suggest using it reactively. But like I said, if you do it the other way, and we've had Evertrekkers who've done that, it's also worked. And um, Rosie, if you could post a link, I can't see if you've done it already, sorry, for the Diamox oh, blog. Yeah, good show, good it show. tells you what it is, what it's made of, how it yeah. works, um, and some of our experience on it. Um, there's an interesting question here, which um, <laughs> I, think I'd like, I think I'd Woo! like to tackle. That was perfectly timed. There, I know. Actually, one, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I let a burp out there from the Diet Coke as wow. you cough, so I think I got away with it. Um, so Mark Jones has asked a very interesting question, I'd like to answer yeah, it actually. Yeah, yeah. So, have has anyone on your treks had to stop before uh, completion due to altitude sickness? Okay, um, yeah. Or has anyone ever had to be left behind due to altitude so the rest of the uh, expedition could complete their trek? So the first question is, yes, people have turned around um, and joined chopper club and got back down the main due to altitude sickness. Yeah. However, the language there, I just want to correct, we've <sighs> never had to leave someone behind so the rest of the group can go on. That's never the priority each of you are treated like individuals when they're on there and if me and Andy are both on a trip together yeah, and I'm continuing but I'm slow there's never a point where the guide will say Dave Andy's name my priority we got to get him yeah. to the base camp you, you can't go because you're not quick <clears> enough <throat> however if I'm feeling unwell if I'm really struggling to, to, to get up and do the walks every day yeah. and um, not just that, but if there's a combination of symptoms, like if I've thrown up, if I've got a really bad headache that makes it difficult for me to see and walk, if I'm feeling dizzy, um, mm-hmm. the guide may have a conversation with you and say, listen, you know, I'm a bit concerned about yeah. the altitude sickness you're experiencing. Um, and then a decision is made in your best interest, whether it's not to hang back and yeah. then gradually walk down or in in an emergency case, we chopper you down. Um so yeah, it has happened. It's a very yeah. small percentage, to be fair. We're really good um, with our <coughs> acclimatization plans. Our guides are the best in the business. So generally, um, if it's space camp, we have something like a 95% and above success rate. Yeah. Um, the, and we did do a podcast episode about the 5% that don't make it. Yeah, a was, was with, with your old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have a listen to that, <coughs> because we do talk a little bit about the um, about why that is, what happens yeah, yeah. to those 5%? Some of it's about what we've talked about today going too quickly, not acclimatizing well. And so right, it's bad luck as well. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah so know, it,
0: anything can happen at any get, time, you
1: know. Get the, uh, you know, the uh, Nepalese napalm, as we call it, yeah. which is, you know, stomach bug, you might twist an ankle. There's, there's anything that can happen to you on a hill in the UK can happen to you on a hill out there. Yeah um but no we've never left anyone behind so the group can go ahead yeah. never ever happened yeah. we, it's always you know we obviously make the best decision for the for the group um safety always always
0: number one um and, and the guide <clears throat> although some people will, will kind of you know say oh, you know i have to go on have to go on if, if you're ill you know we have to, to kind of manage that and you know we've <clears throat> i've had some difficult conversations with people because they're they're really ill and you know they need to get down um you know there were some tears and you know but as i said to her and um you know, thankfully we, we got back to Kathmandu and you know it was it was touch and go so we had to make sure we had got it down and you know a difficult conversation at the time but life is more important than getting to these places sometimes yeah. you know we've and, and as dave says very small percentage but you know naturally if you go into these places not everyone gets to um you know at the summit not everyone gets to, to base camp that being said, most people do. And if, uh, you know, we're talking about speed today, you stick to the speed. Oh, I sound like, stick to the speed limit. But no, if you, uh, if you just take it easy, drink plenty of water, you will know, keep as positive as you can, enjoy yourself. Hope, you know, luck, bad luck can happen. You know, people get dodgy bellies and have no energy. People can get altitude issues. You know, we have, you know, we've been there like loads of times. Uh, guides still get altitude sickness. Yeah. You don't think, you don't see it as a weakness. Anyone can have it at any time. Even the best mountaineers in the world can get it. Yeah. Um, You know, like anyone's taught NIMS, NIMS has had it. You know, we, anyone can get it at any time. So don't see it as a weakness. Just see it as, okay, you know, let, let's, let's go through what I've been doing. Have I been hitting my target of, of four, um, you know, four liters a day? You know, how fast have I been going? You know, what's my body like? You suffer from any viral, you know, there could be other stuff that could yeah, be influencing it you know? and
1: really happen. Um, um, the virus thing is the thing, and you pick something yeah, up exactly. and tang it.
0: Exactly,
1: yeah. Uh, normally you would shake it off, you might not even notice, but altitude <laughs> exacerbates it. But also, yeah. one of the things I would say, and I, I do try and say this, there is a very difficult mindset to give people until they've actually been there yeah. and done it. But I would say that, you know, you've already won by getting on the plane and going out there and seeing the Himalaya. Yeah. Like, every space camp is just an X on a map. Yeah that we use as a convenient excuse to trek in the Himalaya for 11 days. Um, and although it's a little bit different if you climb in a summit like Kili or, or something like that, there's so much more to experience than the air or so you spend on the top of the mountain. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's over. It means you lost yeah. round one. Well, you didn't lose, but you know, you're know you down on points. My dad, for instance, has been to base camp 1.9 times, 1.8 times, <laughs> yeah, because the first time he got point, <clears throat> he got point eight of the way there. Um, and I've said it before, you know. He turned round at Loboucher and then walked back, um, and then went back two years later. Addressed a few things that he did wrong. One, he took Diamox. Yeah. Two, he trained a little bit before he went there, um, and those two little things, along with the experience, made the difference. And the second time, he made it. It was easy. Well, easier, a lot easier. Yeah, he had a better time as well, isn't it? Because yeah. you, you
0: can, you can, you can battle on. You know, you can battle on with these things. <clears throat> but sometimes you want to enjoy it, right? You want to enjoy this experience. And I think he. Although he loved the first time because it was the first time. From an altitude perspective, he enjoyed it better the second time. Well, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think in the first time I would say like it was an experience and enjoying the experience might be too strong a term. I think he's grateful for it and he's glad he did it. Um, But he was cold all the time because that's another thing. When you struggle with altitude, you feel cold a lot um, because there's less oxygen in your body. And he was tired and couldn't sleep and lost his appetite completely. And all of those things and accumulated to the point where he turned around and walked back. Um, the second time around, he wasn't so cold. He kept his appetite. He had plenty of oxygen in his body. There was no concerns. And although we walk slow, I mean, he, he, has a, he is the pioneer of mountain pace. Like when you walk in my old man, we do often say that there's a type of moss that only grows on the back of ducks. Um, (laughs) you know, if he's, if he's on a particularly steep hill, you know, vines will start growing up his legs from the ground. That's how slow he is, but he doesn't care. You know, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> right, right, got got uh, questions of flying in,
0: guys. This is awesome. Uh, Rosie's uh, sending them through us. we got them on a little WhatsApp. It's much easier this way, isn't it? Uh, yeah, if you were with us last week, yeah, we um, uh, we were kind of trying to do it ourselves and gather the questions. It's definitely uh, a lot easier having have another Yeti with us. Um, but, yeah, just going through some of these questions, then, I want to tackle some of them because a few of them have mentioned around, obviously, around pace, which is what we're here to talk about, um, uh, but also around, like, what happens if someone, like, gets ill. I know we briefly touched on it. I think um, uh, Dave Ribberton is a, a similar kind of question, really, to what Mark Jones ha- um, uh, mentioned. But, you know, I, I mean, Dave's words are, um, and, hey, Dave. Uh, yeah, if you've got a man down for one day, sickness or injury while trekking, is there scope to catch up with your team on the acclimatization days? So, yeah, I, I, I can't remember that actually happening. Like, as Dave said earlier, we kind of, although we manage you individually in terms of how you're feeling, we operate as a team. You know, we've, we we've never have to leave someone behind as such. Um, you know, we've had, um, for instance, if people get evacuated, one person gets evacuated, the rest of the team goes on. That's happened. Um, we've had some people who have literally got halfway. I mean, I use base Basecamp as an example, halfway up to Everest. They haven't got altitude issues. They've just changed their mind. It wasn't for them. Uh, one lady, I think, um, you know, she she really missed her kids when she was away. And, you know, but she was happy to walk down. So we did then, um, you know, have an, a, an assistant guide to walk her all the way back to Lukla obviously with the accommodation and then the rest of us carried on. So things like that, you know, we do manage it quite dynamically like that, but we kind of with the acclimatization days, I mean, there there is scope of that ever happened, but we've never done it before. I think Dave. I think you'll you'll be you'll be fine. Mate. Knowing knowing Dave, he will be you'll yeah, uh, smash it. I'll be okay uh, if he's as good as uh, tracking mm-hmm. as he is with Photoshop. He'll be uh, he'll be he'll do just fine. <laughs> so I do love um, I do love some of the pictures that
1: Dave creates. He's amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, right, Dave. What else we got? Because uh, yeah, we got um, quite a few to get through. So
1: we? yeah, there's a couple of one. I've had yeah, a, yeah. a message from Rosie, all in caps, uh, done the diamox article already. So oh, I think I'm gonna share that. She has. Um, oh, she's put it up. there. We go. Yeah. She's on, yeah, it. So she she she's on she, it. She is on it. Rosie. She's shaping at me. Um, Yeah, Rosie checks me more than Lauren, generally. (laughs) She's (laughs) probably laughing out there. Hashtag bring back Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. Um, Right, so uh, let's have a quick interesting one. So sort of a question on pace. This is Emily. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I spoke to Emily. Hey, Emily. Name sounds familiar. Um, Yeah, let's just say, yeah, I think I did. Oh yeah, it says in the question. Yeah, brilliant. Hi, Emily. Um, (laughs) Let's just say one had a goal to reach the top of the world. Um, Do you guys have any plans Put a framework in place um you spoke to me about in Kagua planning in 2024 but beyond that uh What's next the answer is yes 100 <laughs> it's on our it's on our sort of to-do list um i'll be honest it's like a whole different industry to what we're in so there's a lot of effort and work and framework that what you mentioned there needs to be built in order to do it correctly obviously because it's a very it can be quite a dangerous thing and we want to make sure we do it right um, we talked about the 95% success rate. Well, actually, we've got a 100% success rate in terms of yeah. bringing everyone back alive. Um, we want to keep that. Um, so, yes, 100%, we will be looking to do it. It's a personal goal of both mine and Andy's yeah. to do it. And we think if we're going to do it, we're going to do an Evertrek trip and do it that way. Yeah, um, 100% we'll be doing that. It's, it's, it's in the long-term
0: plan. I think, um, yeah, COVID has, has slowed down quite a number of things we wanted to do. But, you know, we've... Uh, like i said biggest season ever coming up so we're, we're quite very excited about that yeah um but one of the things we will be doing in the future um 100 um, all going well will be um 8,000 meter summits including everest so yeah um yeah just uh you know get us, let's nail that concagua first emily um and then yeah i think by then we'll certainly have more of a well definitely we have more of a plan yeah. if not dates <laughs> but yeah we'll definitely have a chat about that it's um obviously a, it's kind of I know, obviously, we, we, we go to Everest Base Camp, but the, the climbing part of it is like a completely different industry, um, you know, but we've got, I mean, part of the team we use um, in Nepal, like a lot of our guides have climbed Everest. Yeah, they've climbed other, um, you know, 8,000ers, they're very experienced. I mean, uh, we go back to your trip, um, October 2019, last time you we were at Everest Base Camp. Um, and Nima, your guide, was on Everest in '96, right? '96, yeah. Know, he, he, he was he um, in a while
1: <laughs> see, after that event. He decided that he was going to just stick to be a trekking guide. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is crazy. Yeah, well. which a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, a lot of our guides: Everest, Choi, Oyu, mm-hmm. Manus, Lu, um, Yeah, quite a few 8000 thousanders. Yeah, um, nice. Interesting when you're from Gavin Skevinton. Uh, yeah, one thing he's worried about is he's gone with his uh, the boy Alexander. Yeah. Um, and don't want people to be annoyed um, as he might not be the fastest. Uh, Gav, don't worry about that at all ever. Yeah. Um, and I think you'll be surprised. Um, the the, <laughs> the groups. And this is, this is exactly the type of question why yeah, we keep is... revisiting the subject and why we'll continue to revisit it because new people are watching these lives on Facebook and the podcast and what have you. And they, they might not have heard the answer. No one um, ever gets annoyed with the pace of the group, to be honest with you. There's no pace that's too slow as long as you're making progress up the hill. Yeah. Um, there is a pace that's too fast. Um, and basically, you're not out there to compete with anyone, anyway. And if anyone is going too fast, they're more than likely to be tapped on the shoulder by the guide and asked to slow down. Um, I've never seen a guy tap someone on the shoulder and tell them to speed up. Yeah, I've yeah. very. I I
0: I got to got to be honest. I've seen people who weren't part of our group being told that. Um, you know, it wouldn't happen on our groups. No, no. chance. it's just yeah it's just just
1: counterintuitive to what you're doing i mean and also people are on different itineraries like our itineraries are built so the the distance that you have to go to be every day is doable within quite a long period of time so you have more than enough leeway to be able to take your time and get to the top safely yeah um so yeah don't worry about that he'll be absolutely fine he'll love it and i guarantee we won't be the slowest in the group i guarantee that And (laughs) i love bry
0: Brian always brings the humor. Love it. Uh, pretty fit for my age, but I was uh, tail end Charlie at the back uh, helping others. Best part is at the back. Yeah. Absolutely, Brian. That's a um, good mindset to have, has
1: Yeah. Love it. Um, uh, Jerome, uh, Jerome, how, how slow um, do you have to be before you're advised to go back down by the team leader? Um, I'll be honest with you, slowness is only one aspect of yeah. it that they'll consider. If you're going slow, but all other things are fine yeah they'll never ask you to go down you know they might give you the encouragement and the push you need in order to not arrive back home in the dark for instance on the longer days like base camp yeah but at the same time um being turned around and being sent back down is never based on just pace it's based on a number of different things so your oxygen levels for instance that's an indicator it's not you know, like not always a, a I, I could size. have higher oxygen levels than Andy yeah. and yeah, I could be feeling a lot worse because and then there's headaches, sickness, yeah. um, you know, dizziness, um, lots of other different things that they factor in before they actually decide whether this person's able to or not. A big one usually is if you're throwing up, um, because as soon as you start to throw up because you don't feel well because of altitude, you're going to pretty much stop hydrating. Yeah. And if that's a, if that's something that's going to happen, then generally speaking, you know. Um, it's time to, you know, knock on wood and, and head back down.
0: Yeah, and that's you know, there's there's more things. Yeah, We're taking away from speed, but, but it, oh, excuse me, when it comes to altitude, certainly there's other symptoms that you would, you know, it doesn't really. It's not like a light. It doesn't just switch on. There's things that build up to it. I mean, because we did have a question, and sorry if um I'm just trying to find it now. I think someone would say, oh, here we go. I think it was some Sophie actually. Um, here, Sophie, Sophie Draco. As a beginner, how would you spot the initial signs of altitude sickness versus poor fitness? Very good question. Yeah. Very good question. It's not what we've had before, actually. But essentially, when you're altitude, there's going to be things that will happen. You can't get away from it. You will start to, I mean, uh, you know, you might have a headache. Um, That can be changing pressure because you're going, you know, you're going up quite high. Um, You know, that, that will happen. You know, you might have. Maybe in the night, you know, you, you, maybe your heart rate will go up and you're like, geez, you know, especially if you've got a smartwatch, you'll see that your resting heart rate can, can go into the 80s and 90s, quite common. Um, so those things that, that naturally will happen because your body's adjusted. It takes numerous days for your body to kind of get used to a certain altitude, which is why, as Dave mentioned earlier, we have certain profiles of our trip. Most of the time they'll, they'll be and, and we're always kind of rest, um, almost restricted by the geography, the landscape. But most of the time we can build it in. So in the pole, for example, um, on Everest Base Camp, what we usually do is called a hike high, sleep low uh, method. It's quite well known. It's been used for the donkeys years, and essentially means that if we're, you know, if we're increasing altitude, um, then probably the next day we'll, we'll try and go a little bit lower, especially for acclimatization day. When we're in Namche, for example, Namche Bazaar, which is three thousand three hundred meters, on the acclimatization day we go all the way up to like three nine. Almost at three nine, and then come back down and sleep there. So your body has had enough time. You know, we usually stay up there like fifteen minutes. You know, sometimes half hour, an hour, depending on how the weather is, how the group is, and then so your body will go, oh my god, I'm at a new altitude, and then you come back down, and then it'll feel easier where you were possibly struggling earlier on that day, because then your body has, has got used to a new, um, a new, new altitude. So we do that. We we do that on all of our trips. That they're all with with that in mind. It's all about climatization. Um, Obviously we wanna go the nicest scenic route, but it's all about climatization, Um, you know, and yeah. So if we're going into like altitude sickness, so there's, especially on Everest Base Camp, there's, you know, there's certain things that can't happen, Um, uh, you know, like that would happen potentially if you're climbing Everest, um, you know, like we've got a high altitude pulmonary edema, uh, which is with your lungs and that's fluid on the lungs. Sometimes that can happen. And there's hape, which is high altitude pulmonary edema, which is basically um, you know swelling in the brain, Hace. essentially. Hey, sorry, You what did, did hape twice. Hape twice, let's not get hape twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you've got cerebral edema and then, but the, that won't happen on an Everest space Camp trip unless you're very, 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 very lucky. Mainly you'll, you'll, you'll start to feel a bit nauseous, feel a bit sick. Maybe you'll lose your appetite. Um, I lose my appetite quite a lot at altitude and, and then put you off the food and you might feel then a bit sick. Um, you know you'll get severe headaches if you've got a um, uh, quite bad altitude uh, sickness um you know and some people they mm-hmm. uh, their face gets a bit puffy um maybe they're, they're basically retaining water which is not a good sign but again these things um, they take many days and your guides will be looking at what you're eating looking at how you're acting you know how you're walking they'll be looking at some of your stats you know so there's lots of things that they'll keep an eye on you they won't If you've got to a certain stage and you know it's it it is like a a a switch then a guy hasn't done their job because they haven't noticed what you've gone through so you know just bear that in mind that you're always being keep an eye on but a big big thing and i mean we you can learn this the hard way sometimes is be open and honest about what you're going through don't hide symptoms from people because you know we need to know how we can help you and to do that we need to know how you're feeling yeah Uh, we've had people before who haven't and, and then when it's got to a certain stage they've Had to get evacuated, whereas if we'd had you know, be able to treat you lower down, it could be diabolics, for example. Yeah, um, you know, we're able to, to kind of help. So, yeah, just bear that in mind, be open and honest. I know, obviously, you want to get to where we want to get to if there's ever space camp you want to get there, but safety is number one. So, be open and honest with your guide, it makes a hell of a difference. And they're able to have a better trip.
1: Yeah, awesome. Um, I tell you what, i got yeah. a pretty cool interesting question from Paul Dewhurst. How's it yeah. going, Paul? Um, man, we've got to get Paul out there, gotta get you out there, Paul. Yeah. Um percent Yeah. So what do you do if you don't get on with Diamox? Is there an alternative? Mm-hmm. And then there's another comment that's followed on from that. So someone suggested ibuprofen. So first thing I'll say is that ibuprofen is not really a substitute for diamox. Yeah. Um, they do work in different ways. Ibuprofen <clears throat> is really good for altitude because it is an anti-inflammatory, so naturally it's going to get rid of aches and pains and headaches and stuff like that anyway, but it won't do the job that diamox was going to do. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm aware, there isn't really um a a uh, sort of a substitute cat, for, for dimox. However, there is something called Ginkgo Bilboa, I think it's called, which, are, uh, which is yeah. like a natural remedy, yeah. which I don't know if it works or not, but I do see it a lot yeah. on the forums and, and in comments and stuff like that. People saying that it is basically like a, a type of multi-bit herbal remedy that yeah. might be able to help. Um, I don't know whether that's more of a placebo effect or whether that's an actual, whether there's some science behind it or not. But as far as I'm aware, there isn't really an alternative to, to Dymox that you can take that you can get sort yeah. of from a pharmacy. Um, so the idea would be, um, you know, Dymox or no Dymox. I'll be yeah. honest with you, like with Everest Base Camp. So I've done Everest Base Camp four times. I've never needed to take Dymox on the Everest Base Camp trip because it's a little bit different to kili You do gain your altitude more gradually. Yeah. Um, you know, and the 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 time that you spend and those acclimatization days that you have are really, really effective. It's not really doable on Killy. We do kind of do it, but it's not as straightforward because we haven't got like the little villages and stuff that we're stopping at. Yeah. Um, so I've never really needed it. And again, my advice is to take it sort of in response to yeah. not feeling well because it kind of gives you somewhere to go um, it gives you more steps. So, uh, first of all, you know, you want to make sure you're hydrated. That's rule one. If you stop drinking, yeah. um, you stop acclimatizing. So, four to five liters of water a day. Then, if you're still not feeling quite right, you can talk to your guide about it and maybe you'll go into Dymox, um, half a pill um, in the morning, half in the evening. And then, if you're still feeling a little bit ill, you can maybe up it to a full pill. And then, beyond that, then is obviously when we start looking at why you're suffering those symptoms and, yeah. and make a call.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice, mate. Nice. Um, just going through some more of the questions a couple here one of them is around uh, i think it's from derek derek slider hey derek um do you supply water tablets yeah we, we used to um we talked about nepal here we um uh yeah so we used to use a purification tablet um but a few years ago we actually introduced water filters so we got rid of using um purification tablets unless like in an emergency we'd use them i mean i used to use them myself but they used to give me a lot of heartburn and when you're trying to drink so much water it gets hard because you're like, oh, if I drink that, I'm gonna get hard, But I need to drink it, otherwise I'm gonna, you know, have altitude issues. So yeah, we, we switched to the filters. I mean, not just because of that, but it was also to reduce, you know, the plastic um, in the region because because if you don't like the um, the water purification tablets, there are bottled water there to buy. And sometimes you're like, oh, I'll buy it because I know I need that water. And you know, although I, obviously we're trying to be environmentally conscious, you know, you've got to look after your health, right? Um, so yeah, we introduced those water filters and. Game changer.
1: Absolute game changer. You don't have to buy plastic now, which is amazing. And yeah. it tastes awesome. I mean, normally as well with the, you have to wait sort of 15 to 30 minutes for the uh, yeah. tablets yeah. to work. As soon as the water's passed through the tube and the filter, the purification filter, I should say, um, this is ready to drink. I mean, it can take 15 minutes to fill a bottle, but that's, <laughs> by, the buy. Say, yeah, yeah. that's by the buy. That's the buy.
0: Filters are, um, um, or you can have, um, get your own uh, water bottle like these. Um, so it has a filter in here. What's so that? you can- Why <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you got enough of those yeah I got my three
1: not going um good <laughs> no, questions yeah really good yeah. yeah and um yeah when we say filters as well we do mean purification filters, yeah. Yeah. not um you know not a Brita <laughs> um <laughs> so brilliant, someone brilliant. has asked I remember yeah. someone asked if my old man is planning on going on any more trips uh, I did see that yeah and someone else called him Groot because uh, you know he's he's known as he's known as Big Bird Big um Brit. yeah <laughs> um so yeah he, uh he is yeah he wants to do either well he's got like a couple of plans he wants to do tubkal um yeah. trying to get him to go on that the next time i go but yeah and uh he's also uh, an interest in annapurna but he loves the everest region and he wants to explore more there so yeah. i think he wants to do gokio or three, to go to Gokyo three, rally, do they... three passes or nice. something like that um, so many
0: places to go right <laughs> so many
1: places um
0: I, I got a question from dave rivetland again but i think this was around um anyone used 0 an two phone in the did you have any connectivity issues um i know yeah uploading content yeah so when it i haven't used uh, firstly i i i, I answered your question i want to answer your question because i haven't used o2 over there i'm with vodafone i know a lot of um i don't know many people who've used no 2 i don't know you on know vodafone as well you? yeah i wasn't um, e. um but it's, it's not very good out in, in the Everest region. The one thing you can do, though, is the Everest link if you want to upload, um, you know, videos and things like that. I mean, just, it is a bit, it can be a bit sketchy. Sometimes it's amazing. And um, I think you you mentioned this last week. So Everest link is essentially when you get to Namche, you can buy them and uh, you can have Wi-Fi all the way up to, uh, I think it's And uh, You just basically a scratch card. It gives you a login. And uh, yeah, it is... Um, is very useful. Uh, I remember, you know, trying to forever track, trying to upload some content whilst we were there. But the thing is, it's not always working. So just bear that in mind you know, yeah. uh, if you're trying to do it. Some people do get a local SIM card and a local phone, which does help better signal. But again, you know, a bit of a pain, um, some, especially if you're, if you're kind of using some of the local SIM cards, some of the people that you get them off on your passport and it's quite expensive. So yeah. Um, if you do want one, um, you know, you can, you know, some of the guys uh, in Kathmandu
1: can help. Mm. Um, but I'd say the Wi-Fi is probably the best bet, mate. Definitely. Interesting thing from uh, Andy yeah. Corner there that said, when he did Machu Picchu a few years ago, his guide let him smell Condor pee. Um, wow. I don't know what it was, but it made you feel a lot better. I just want to say, <laughs> if by smell you mean sniff, and if it was powdered, we don't offer it on our trips. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, yeah, don't know what it is, mate. I'll look it up. I mean, I'm assuming, you know, it's got to be good stuff, isn't it? Uh, well, there it is. Yes, that's quite
0: interesting. We're, we're, we're talking about, um, <laughs>
1: we're always, always looking at new routes and things like that. I and mean,
0: maybe we were talking about the condor yesterday. Um, in, uh, in, soon, soon, soon. In Ecuador. Um, uh, in Ecuador, we got something. Yes, yeah, so I know you mentioned um, Machu Picchu there, but
1: yeah, in Ecuador, they have some condors. Um, oh, it was Diana that asked about right, my dad. Awesome, Dan. And Tamarin, what? You've just turned up. But you're you, gonna have to you, click rewind. Yeah, you're gonna have to click rewind and just uh, at the bottom of the thing, just scroll all the way back to the beginning, yeah. um, and then you'll get it. And just let the like let work or whoever know that you know priorities are in place. Um, so we just had a message from Helen Ambrose about maindle boutards. Oh yeah.
0: boots. Um,
1: just had your first little walk in the maindles and they rub a bit around the ankle. Haven't worn proper walking boots for years. Persevere. Um, I'll be oh. honest, I've never experienced it with them before, yeah. um, any rubbing. So one thing that you can try and change is the way that you tie your laces. If you're trying them in a conventional way, yeah. um, just by working your way up the boot, cross over, cross over, cross over, tie at the top. Uh, sometimes that can add like pressure in different places um there is a video flying around where i demonstrated how i tie my boots which puts um the tightest knot sort of lower down on the boot um so it kind of holds your foot in place but doesn't rub that much another thing to try is what socks are you wearing um sometimes you know if you've got like low socks or thin socks or not or not like merino wool um you can get some pressure and stuff like that so i would highly recommend merino wool socks yeah um they can relieve the pressure as well and sometimes uh changing the insoles because i'm not that fussed on the insoles that come with them it's basically like a bit sheet of a4 paper um and the insoles change everything they change the way your boot functions because they change where your foot sits everything like that so try the um uh, superfeet uh trailblazer insoles yeah, they're very good yeah very very good they're not the cheapest i'll be honest with you, you. Know. um for an insole they're like 40 pounds but i bought them and they work marvellous so try those techniques the lacing technique the uh socks and insoles and if it doesn't work for you and you cause any problems might just be a case of those boots are not for you um welcome to the world of boot buying i'm afraid i've uh, <laughs> gone through about 20 pairs trying to find a pair that doesn't bother me but the main i know are very good so yeah i would take persevere nice just reading some more of the comments here's a
0: cocoa tea it was superb yeah i've heard um uh, coca tea, coca tea. um uh, In Peru, they use coca to help with altitude issues. Very yeah, interesting.
1: They, they carry it in a gourd around their neck, the literally. If it works, if that's what they use, and if it's allowed, you can, get, yourself can out. get loads of them around. Probably, <laughs> <Newport>. <laughs> Jesus. Refined though. Refined.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's not promote that. Um,
1: brilliant. We've um
0: yeah, I, I think our wonderful uh, Rosie has also put some useful links in for some different. Um, Altitude sickness things. So I know we're going back to a couple of questions earlier, but um, just a reminder: do check some of those articles out um, on
1: our website. I think we put the links in the comments. Question is though: um, can she find the video of me tying the boots? Uh, that is going to be yeah, a that'll, that'll be one. A, that'll be a tricky one, but it's... I think Rosie can do it though.
0: Rosie, it was challenged Rosie. Don't, if
1: she's don't help her. Rosie can do
0: it. Rosie can do it. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a difficult one. A while back, Dave did a lovely little video of how how he ties his shoelaces, shoelaces, his bootlaces and uh, became very popular but yeah um if uh rosie can find that she can hear us um yeah definitely try and find it because that is a brilliant yeah it might be on
1: instagram maybe post a link to the instagram yeah it could be you have to double check it won't we but um that's the only hit that's the only hint i've got is that the the only 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 one i know um well look I, i think
0: i know we've covered a lot now i know we've um we've kind of gone through most of the questions if you have missed any questions
1: do let us know i've got something i want to say um go on dave Yeah, this is important. Okay. So, yeah, I'm preparing everybody's trips now for the upcoming uh, Nepal season. Good point, point. Um, Now, this goes out to everybody and anybody that might be hearing this that's going on a trip um, between February, March, April, and May. Yeah. Um, If you haven't done already, please let me know (laughs) um, your flight details, send me a copy of your passport, insurance, all of that good stuff. You can upload it on the members area, or you can email it to arrivalinfo at evertrek.co.uk. and um, it's very important that I have that um, as quickly as I can, and I'm not afraid to annoy people by emailing them either. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, check your emails and drop me a message if you can. It would be very helpful. Yeah, great stuff. If you do see any sort of emails or uh, notifications like that, especially if you're using the VamuSAP, app,
0: um, we've been uh, working on some notifications that, um, you know, can remind you before certain times, um, you know, especially around this sort of information. Um, And as you can imagine, biggest season ever, um you know, we've got a lot of information to kind of um just uh, kind of sort out uh so yeah if you can send them that would be awesome um one final thing as well we've got in a couple of weeks we've got a winter skills um that is coming up in north wales um i've heard there's some cold weather on the way as well um yeah so we're really excited about that but there are some spaces so um yeah rosie if you could put the link in the comments um that would be great um just so we can get that Um, If anyone wants to book it, I know I realize I do need to plug that in. But yeah, we're going to have to finish up now, but yeah, it's been great. Um, I hope you've enjoyed today. Dave, any, any final
1: thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, I put a post out on uh, High Altitude evertrackers that I'm going to make an Evertrack uh, adventure playlist. Yeah, um, I will be creating it as soon as I can, um, but if you have any uh, suggestions for songs that you want on there, doesn't have to be specifically mountain-related. They could yeah. be songs that motivate you, songs that inspire you, songs you'd like to listen to in the hills, songs you like to listen to on the plane and the <laughs> journey, songs to get over the return post, uh the post-trip blues um yes yeah, nice. let me know that'd be awesome nice one um yeah the
0: links are on there so yeah definitely get yourself in also as well we got a, uh, our training weekend date um for in the week and i realized this power is due to go out so yeah we best finish up but thanks guys it's been amazing and we'll uh yeah we'll see you next tuesday um yeah we're we're losing power Do you think we look darker to them or is that just our screen uh no no the lights went out
1: which oh <laughs> okay so we do know sorry yeah sorry yeah. i
0: know literally this is hilarious isn't it we we haven't got a power here. any minute now it's gonna it be yeah. we... <clears throat> yeah. um Go on. but yeah i hope you found it useful today and we'll uh, we'll see you next tuesday take it easy bye awesome so i hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the mountain malarkey podcast um yeah that was something a little bit different wasn't it from the tuesday tune in but i hope yeah. you enjoyed it
1: i must say you were brilliant on that episode Ant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes try to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye